Hi, this is Tracy Swedlow, Editor-in-Chief and Founder of Interactive TV Today, also called ITVT. We're the first, best, and most widely read news source on multi-platform and interactive television. You can find our daily news, interviews, videos, photos, and much more on ITVT.com. Make sure you check out our TV of Tomorrow Show conference site at thetvoftomorrowshow.com. Our next show will be June 12th and 13th, Tuesday and Wednesday, in San Francisco. Today on Radio ITVT, I speak with Phil Santoro, the spokesperson from pay TV operator Verizon, on behalf of their Verizon Fios TV service. I also speak with Mike Kelly, Senior Vice President, Business Development, Programming and Advertising at InSequence, the veteran ITV platform and applications developer. They're here to discuss the launch of a single-screen ITV widget app on Fios TV, that Insequence was built for ESPN's month-long broadcast of the NCAA men's basketball tournament. This widget will allow Verizon subscribers to put in the teams uh, who they think will win inside the brackets, and those choices will compete against all of ESPN's audience internationally. There's much more to the story of how this got done, so stay tuned and listen to the show. And now, welcome to the show, gentlemen. Thank you, Tracy. Thank you. So the first speaker is Phil Santoro from Verizon. And so what's your actual title? I'm the company spokesman. Oh, there you or, go. Or one of them, anyway. <laughs> and, of course, Mike. Are you there, Mike? Yes, I am. Hi. You are the I'm SPT. the SVP of business development for InSequence, and I lead all of our programming relationships. Okay, great. So the announcement, as of course stated in the intro, is that uh, InSequence built the app for this new uh, uh, ESPN application for NCAA that is only appearing on Verizon. Is that correct? That's right. It's a, uh, an exclusive app for Verizon's Fios TV uh, customers. I, I watched a little video, and I really loved that last tagline. It was a bracket and track it. Bracket and track it. That's right. Very nice. It's a slam dunk. <laughs> really clever. So, uh, so why don't you explain um, what that app does, if you don't mind? Sure. In your own words. Uh, what uh, What we're doing uh, today, Tracy, is we're um, adding yet another app to FiOS TV um, that brings our customers into, uh, in this case, the March Madness ESPN. Um, Tournament challenge. So what our customers can do is use their FiOS TV, launch the app, and actually create their brackets, just like people do when they create the paper brackets for participating in March Madness. Only this time you don't need paper brackets. You can do it all on on, on your television set. It's also interesting, though, that uh, even in that video it was stated that this is the international audience. How could it be an international audience? Well, what happens is with this app, we're actually allowing our customers to play in this tournament with all of the ESPN participants who would ordinarily play in the tournament. And last year, there were over 6 million people from all around the world who played in the ESPN Tournament Challenge. Now our customers, and there are over 4 million of them, will be able to play, but they'll be able to do it right on their television sets. 
But internationally, is there a website that they click into or something? No, what they'll, no, what they'll do is they can uh, create teams right on their TV set, and mm-hmm. um, they'll be launched into um, the application that allows them to play against anybody in the world who's playing, or they can even create their own teams. Oh, I see. I get it. So the Verizon customers play on the Verizon platform, and then anybody else coming in from the web or elsewhere through your other efforts you are all all that data and all that activity is combined into a a, a, a a like a consistent database that tracks all that correct right what happens is the fios customer who goes on his tv set enters mm-hmm. into the espn platform and plays against everybody else who's playing on on espn okay great and uh does the app cost anything it's free of charge it's it's just yet another one of those freebies that we offer our customers um to uh, entice them to stay with our our platform and enjoy all it has to offer. Now, Mike, uh, InSequence has built this app, and you've done a, you know a round of different things for Verizon, correct? Yes, yes, we have. We, we're I think one of the premier developers for their platform on the for the FIAS Lua platform. Well, uh, tell me, you know how. Was this difficult to build, or was it easy to make sure it hooked into the ESPN's databases? What was the challenge in building this this app? Since you already knew the Verizon platform, what was special we, about? we do know it pretty well. It is it was relatively uh, difficult to, to build. There there were there was a fair amount of kind of back end integration with uh, both Verizon systems and ESPN.com systems, and that's part of the uh the kind of international uh piece that that Phil's talking about that allow users, you know, uh, uh from around the world to to play through the .com experience and you can now access, you know, Verizon's users can now access that kind of global uh database if you will of of users and and that that competition online. And so it was um relatively difficult but but we've, you know, over years of working with Verizon both on their uh, EBIF platform is and now on their Lua widget uh, platform. Um, we work very well with them. We know their technical team very well. We've been working with ESPN for years on their interactive experiences across platform and, and uh, distributor. And so, you know, we were able to pull it together pretty nicely and I think a nice user experience for Verizon, um, uh, Verizon customers. Uh, uh, just to backtrack for a second, uh, is there any advertising inside this app? Is there is there any way it's being monetized? Is this no. no. So it's just to support ESPN's goals. Well, yeah, and actually, as I said, to give our customers another opportunity to enjoy their FIOS experience. Yeah, I think I think one of the key things that that people forget, Tracy, is that fantasy sports and pick'em games were the original social experience, right? So. For years, um, people have been engaged on, online and then mobile phones, um, and now the television with with uh, fantasy sports and, and pick 'em games and, and, and competing against their friends and and family and uh, and it's it's a fun in, environment. It, it drives a, a lot of traffic, certainly for ESPN and and now Verizon is kind of giving giving their viewers a great way to access that uh, social experience um through the television and and uh then potentially toggle back and forth between live viewing and track their their teams uh in the bracket there is kind of a live viewing mode that updates the scores in the bracket and you can track how your teams are doing even if you, even, even if that game isn't particularly isn't on at the time 
So, um, so this is really kind of a, an extension of that of that kind of sports social experience uh, for for the ESPN fans. Is there a uh, is there a way to pull up the game, you know, picture in picture while you're looking at the app at the same time? I, I don't uh, believe so, Phil. Unless you know that there is, I, I think you can you can you basically go back and forth between kind of the live viewing and and then the widget platform to access the the bracket information. Um, I don't believe it's necessarily picture in picture. Right, that's right. Um, you'd have to toggle back and forth between the application itself and the live game, which is fairly easy to do. And you know, the would you say that the Verizon subscriber? Because they've had access to your platform, which is more advanced, you know, than most, uh, most, most, uh, you know, uh, pay TV networks like this, pay TV networks, uh, pay pay operators, pay TV operators like this, you know, would you say that they are savvy? They're somewhat savvy. They're they're still beginners. I mean, to what extent is this, uh, you know? And I know that you've had a lot of success across a range of different widgets, but uh, the average sports viewer. Are they going to be familiar with this type of experience, or is this going to be their first learning? Well, from my point of view, first of all, um, the the FiOS TV customer um, kind of runs the gamut of experiences. Uh, you know, from those who are technically savvy and know exactly what it does and what all of its features do, uh, to the folks who are just getting on board and just getting started and and just starting to understand uh, what can what can happen. Uh, in in regards to um, the average sports fan, um, it takes no time at all to figure out how to access and use this this new app. I mean, all you do is press the little widget button on your remote control, and you've launched uh, all of the widgets that FiOS has to offer. Then you just press games um, or sports, and you can launch the uh, you know the ESPN Tournament Challenge uh, app right from there. So it's very simple to use. How are you marketing it? Well, we. Um, you know, we have made the announcement today, and um, we are obviously doing a lot of social media outreach for this. And uh, so far, um, we've gotten a, within just the past uh, four hours that it uh, that it's been launched, we've already gotten uh, a couple of thousand hits on our blog site. Um, mm-hmm. We know that, so that we know that people are starting to learn about it. And the. Uh were there anything was there anything new, Mike, that in sequence had to do to make this work in terms of uh, an easy user experience uh, that's different from previous work that you've done? Was there any type of innovation that had to be done? Well, uh, I mean, there was a fair amount of uh, I think on the on the back end the technical integrations, um, you know, with with ESPN.com that uh, I'm not as familiar on the technical side of, of, of those details. I think I think the you know to your question earlier about kind of user interface. I think the key is that it's just very intuitive, you know, to kind of scroll, use use the remote through the arrow buttons and the select buttons to scroll through and select the teams and and fill out your bracket. And then as as Phil said, you know, you know, you know, going back, to, you know, going back from in, from the TV the video feed and and the content back into the widget bazaar is a simple press of the button on the remote and accessing and accessing that content. So um, I think it, it's you know I think Verizon has a platform that's one of the most advanced interactive platforms available by any distributor and 
and the their users are used to it by now, and they have uh, a ton of great widgets out there, and and several with programmers that we've done with them, and uh, and their users are and viewers are just used to interacting uh, this in this manner, and uh, and obviously they're they're working on many many things uh, related to kind of smartphones and tablets that are a part of their business as well, and uh, look, let's face it, this is the way. Um, TV viewers want to consume their content now. It's interactively, and, and and we talk about this all the time in, in this industry, certainly. But it's certainly becoming a part of um, kind of the everyday consumer uh, viewing experience, where they say, "Great, how can I dive deeper? You know, what what more information can I get about about this show or this game?" How can I make it more personalized for me? Uh, how can I make it social for for me and my friends? Um, so. This is just a great extension of, of, of those things. How was ESPN involved in the discussion of what this app was going to look like or be, or was this more of a conversation between in sequence and Verizon? No, absolutely. They they were they were very much involved and in, in, in all along the way and uh and you know giving guidance as to the kind of look and feel and uh, as well as uh the kind of the technical execution. Oh, okay, sounds good. Uh, and Phil, you know Verizon, uh, you guys do uh, you do various things with commerce. I know you there's been a lot of revenue generated. Well, it depends how what you mean by a lot, but you're certainly capable of doing things uh, where commerce is involved. And I I'm not myself a big sports fantasy player, uh, but I mean this is the, a potential opportunity to compete against your your you know your colleagues or your people who have the same interests where people could win money maybe not in America but you could win something you know more than just a leaderboard position what what's is there anything that where you see down the line that people could win a prize or a a coupon or something like that I don't know I mean that's more forward looking I'm yeah you know curious. that's a you know that's a great question Tracy and I don't I'm not sure that I have an answer for you for that because we um, you know when we launch these widgets and these applications we do it primarily for the you know for the fun experience of of participating on the platform mm-hmm. uh, but in no case have we ever uh, offered any kind of prizes or uh, you know created a contest where you could actually win something through one of these applications. That's not to say that that's not something that couldn't be done, but I don't think we're quite uh, we're quite there yet. Yeah, I think it, 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 my understanding was that the, the the top scoring set of brackets in the overall in the ESPN tournament challenge is eligible to win ten thousand um, dollars. I think prizing is already a part of it. Um, may not maybe not at every step of the. Um, you know, of of the of the way every every bracket every piece of the bracket, but certainly the winners. If you pick the correct winners, you're eligible to win some prizes as a part of the overall ESPN tournament challenge across across uh, um, platform. Right, that's an ESPN that's an ESPN sponsored opportunity. Right. But, I mean, I didn't see that in the press release. So. Yeah, because it has nothing to do with the FiOS platform itself. Right. It's an it's an ESPN sponsored. Uh, opportunity where anybody who participates in the tournament challenge is an interest right. in that. Right. Okay. Well, it's so, but the interest is there. The commitment level from the broadcasters there. You know, it could haul circle back to the mm-hmm. to the operator. You know, platform enabling it, and you know, maybe the future. I it could be right. Curious. Right. Absolutely. Now you didn't uh, you didn't mention whether or not this is also appearing as a, a let's say a tablet application. Yes, yes, no, maybe. Yes, you you can actually access your brackets that you create on your Fios TV application. 
you can access those brackets from a tablet or from a smartphone or from a computer. So once you establish your ESPN user ID and password, you're now a registered user. And, mm-hmm. you can, and you can use your tablet or your smartphone or your computer with your login credentials to view your brackets that you created on Fios TV. Are those in sequence projects, Mike? Uh, for for the, for the mobile side, we did we didn't work on the any mobile apps per per se. Um, but you know so, some of the things that we worked on related to this widget were, you know, from a technical standpoint, transferring the existing user interface from the kind of mobile experience and reform reformatting it for the TV screen, and then also um, you know architecting you know, building the widget um, required to. You know, you had you had to author and architect uh, um, all the kind of data feeds um, that continued to evolve, you know, throughout the throughout the tournament, right? So, you know, you had to you had to architect the apps such that the data feeds um, worked kind of across device, if you will, um, and that was fairly complex for us. Now, is the database that holds this uh, experience, you know, that um, combines all of the data, is this? You know, at the uh, ESPN office somewhere, or at a data center, or is, uh, is it com- collected at Verizon, and then you send the data over to ESPN? I and mean, how is everything kept synced? Where is all that located? I, I believe it's. Uh, so correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe it's all uh, housed uh, through ESPN.com and their their databases. That's correct. Yep. Well, I mean, that's interesting because people always wonder. You know, uh, well, most people don't know about the Cable Data Information Act, but or you know, or any kind of data. I don't know if is Verizon under the Cable Data Information Act. I'm not even sure. I don't but, know myself. <laughs> what did you say? I don't know myself. All right, uh, <laughs> but I guess once they join this experience, they you know they're pretty much joining ESPN's, you know, the context of doing something with ESPN. So they probably, you know, they have to you know make allow their information to be shared. In that community, so they're just aware. I, I'm just thinking yeah, out loud. Absolutely. I mean, <laughs> part of, part of this process is that the user has to log in uh, using their ESPN.com username and password to, to and use those credentials to log in to access their personalized bracket, right? So, um, and that that's something that they'll do when they first set it up, so that it syncs with those other devices, whether it's they're accessing it via the web on their computer or another device or or another application on another device. So um, that's kind of the consistency, uh, and then and then you can um, you know once that's set up, then then it populates the information across across device. So the information in terms of the brackets is there. Um, regardless of what device you you access it on, um, this this just happens to be the the television experience. Phil, do you have a prediction as to how many people will sign into this and actually use it, or are you just going to wait and see? Yeah, you know, ten that's a, million. That's no. a great <laughs> that's a great question. Well, you know, there were over six million people who participated worldwide in that challenge in the ESPN tournament challenge last year. So if we can get a good percentage of those, we'll be very happy. All right. Did you want to say something, Mike? <laughs> no, I was just kidding. I, I think uh, I, yeah. To reiterate with Phil, I mean, there's uh, they have four million plus customers, and you know, if we if we get a decent percentage of those, um, we, we'd be we'd be happy. But I think uh, I think I think you know, to Phil's points earlier, um, just providing kind of a, a, a another way to participate in this kind of uh, sports social experience during uh, the month of March and April as. Uh, 
as everyone's kind of uh, it, talking about uh, their, their brackets and, and uh, their teams and their picks um, throughout the throughout the day uh, at work and, and huddling around the water cooler, if you will. This becomes a great way for, for people to uh, to access that information on the television screen as they're watching the games and, 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 and potentially other, other shows as well. You know, Tracy, yeah. just to jump yeah. off on that point, so I'm looking forward to, this is the first year we've got this app, and I'm a big March Madness fan, so I'm looking forward to getting on the couch with my remote, watching the, the basketball games, and being able to flip over to my brackets, you know, to see real time how I'm doing against other people. Uh-huh. So I can keep flipping back and forth while I'm sitting on the couch enjoying the game. Well, I know that, you know, people who like to do those kinds of things, I'm I'm not... I like to watch boxing myself, but anyway, because uh, I am a boxer. But that's that's beside the point. But uh, you know, I, my question is about the fun factor. Obviously, it's fun for you to go and do all of those things. But and this is maybe a, a silly question, but but it's more about the evolution of widget-oriented applications. Are there sound effects on this? Are you navigating an information? What what's the what's the fun factor or the app fact fun app factor? None? Well, well, from my from my point of view as the user, I mean, the fun factor for me is being able to, first of all, create my brackets online so that I don't have to deal with paper or other people's pieces of paper. Right. I know who, 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 how my teams are doing and how I'm doing against my competitors without having to get their pieces of paper. And by the way, I can access all of this information real time while I'm watching all of the games. So for me, that's the fun factor. Well, I was just curious. And I know it is, absolutely. I'm almost being facetious. But, you know, I just imagine that you, you, you put in a, the name of a team or something goes right or you mm-hmm. win and then you get a sound effect or a bell or, you know, something happens. Oh, but maybe we're, not, maybe we're not. You know, I see uh, what you're saying, yeah. I don't know if <laughs> I don't that know. exists, Mike, because I haven't, we haven't started it yet. I, I, don't, uh, I don't believe it does, but, but I, I, again, I, I don't. Um, I'm not quite sure, but I, I don't think it does. But it's, yeah. um, you know, so, certainly something about, to consider for future. Yeah, Tournament Challenge 2.0. That's right, right 2.0. Right. Sound effects. Or, Maybe you hear the basket going through the hoop or something. Yeah, the ball going good. through the hoop. Yeah, yeah. That'd be good. All right, well, I can't think of anything else myself right now. But, uh, oh, I guess uh, when I asked you about marketing, will you do any, uh, uh, you know, announcements on, while the shows are going on? Will people mention that it's there and it exists, do you think? You know, I don't know if there are going to be some online advertising or marketing opportunities while the app is playing. I suspect that probably not because it might interfere with what you're trying to do. But as I said, I think, uh, the, you know, the marketing emphasis so far has been um, through social media. And that, you know, seems to be, uh, it seems to be doing the job at this point. I guess I have one, another question. Uh, Mike, you guys have developed a variety of different sports applications. And here's another one. Mm-hmm. This Sports work extremely well in an interactive TV context. Are you? Uh, is that where one of the strengths? It, it does. There's, there's. I mean, we've 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 done uh, work with with uh, your favorite sports, Showtime Boxing, um, <laughs> as you know, um, with the Olympics on NBC and, and other other sports experiences. And it, it, you know, it's just a natural fit given the, uh, how rabid the fan base is, how engaged they are, and and the type of content that you can serve up. Um, in an interactive experience, obviously the endless kind of data that that uh, uh, you know fantasy sports 
uh, lovers, you know, love to dive into. And, uh, and then there's kind of highlight reels and packages of VOD, um, you know, various updates and news flashes, uh, important, you know, for for teams and fans. So it's it's just so much information. I mean, sports and news is a na- in, in news as well as a natural fit, just in terms of the data and information available uh, to dive deep. Um, so we have we have seen a lot of interest from programmers in, in in doing that, and and we've worked with a lot of them. Um, you know, that being said, there's you know there's a lot of uh, applicability for for other genres of of programming as well. Um, you know, live TV environments, you know, live events like award shows, uh, pre-recorded, you know, dramas and sitcoms. So, you know, but certainly sports and news has led the way. Well, I think that all sounds great, and uh, it's good to see. There's more single-screen interactive TV popping up. Yes, it is. It's great. I think, you know, certainly mobile platforms have been hot of late, and uh, but I think the a key thing for, you know, for all programmers and, and consumers to know as well is is that, you know, single-screen ITV is, is alive and well, even with, uh, you know, with um, recent news in the industry. Um, and that each operator, you know, has uh, is stressing it as a priority uh, to Phil's point to to uh, uh, create retention for their for their consumers and engagement uh, for for programmers certainly. Um, and you know, there's additional value for advertisers as a part of a part of uh, ITV as well as we all know. And um, Phil, uh, how high a priority is it? My last question: How high a priority is it to launch these? widgets on a regular basis for Verizon. It's a very high priority. What we're what we're doing with Fios TV is we're making it a very unique experience for consumers that they can't get anywhere else. So that it's a lot more than just watching your television set and it's a lot more than just launching an application that allows you to play fantasy football or play in March in a March Madness um tournament. You know, it's things like being able to get on Facebook or Twitter and socialize with your friends while you're watching while you're both watching the same television show for example or it's being able to um watch your homemade movies or listen to your own music or take a look at your own family photo albums on your TV screen um you know and it's being able to do this in a way that you know we're trying to create a borderless lifestyle where if you're not in front of your TV set but you want to do all of those things, well, you can use your tablet or you can use your smartphone. So it's, you know, it's, it's trying to be wherever the customer wants to pull in his entertainment uh, at any time at his convenience. And, and that's what really what Fios CV is all about. It's interesting to remark uh, as we close that you know Verizon is, is one of the uh, pay TV operators out there who have found a way to bring that experience into uh, the a connected experience where they've been able to bring internet properties into a you know a proprietary protected cable you know well, I shouldn't call it cable but you know environment and right. that the culture over there uh, is continuing to enable that experience and uh, we're very happy to hear about the right. development thank you very much gentlemen I really appreciate it and good luck on the launch thank you Tracy appreciate your interest appreciate it We've been speaking with uh, Phil Santoro, who's the spokesperson at Verizon, which is uh, Verizon.net, correct? Verizon.com. Dot com. Well, I'm sure you own .net, too. But anyway, <laughs> and also Mike Kelly, Senior Vice President, Business Development, Programming, and Advertising. Thanks so much, Mike, for in sequence. 
You're welcome. Thanks, Tracy. Take care. Bye. This is Tracy Swedlow, Editor-in-Chief of Interactive TV Today, and you can find us at itvt.com. And we produce the TV of Tomorrow show at thetvoftomorrowshow.com. We're, hap- we're uh, happening, having our next show June 12th and 13th in San Francisco, and you can find all the information you need at our website, thetvoftomorrowshow.com. Thank you so much. Thank you.